Welcome to Ed Print That. I'm Joe, and this week I actually did not get any prints or maintenance performed. After I recorded and edited the podcast last week, I wound up having to bring one of my cats in to the vet at the beginning of the week, and we had found a lump on her throat. We'd been working on getting an ear infection cleaned up, and uh, we'd been into the vet four or five times in the last couple of months, you know, rounds of antibiotics, trying different ointments, things like that. And in the process, like I said, we noticed a, uh, a lump on her throat and wound up having a biopsied and finding out that she has lymphoma. She's not very old. We figure she's around five or six. Uh, she was a stray that we had found, but... She's been living with us for the last year. She's a sweet cat, Spends has really taken to me, spends a lot of time with me, uh, sits on the back of my computer chair, just kind of hangs out and, you know, does cat things. So we've uh, been giving her some uh, steroids and making sure she eats and just giving her a whole lot of attention. Um, she has actually turned a corner, it looks to be feeling a lot better, so... Uh, that's good. Uh, hopefully I will be able to get back to doing 3d printing things soon, but, uh, I took a break to focus on her health and make sure that she's comfortable and yeah. So it's, uh, it's been a little stressful, but like I said, she's doing a lot better. So that's, that's positive. Yeah. In addition to that, not really a whole bunch else has gone on. Uh, do want to remind you, we do still have that low poly Bulbasaur uh, for the print of the month. Uh, that's still available. Uh, we are halfway through September. It is Batman Day, so happy Batman Day. Uh, this is being recorded on the 17th of September. So hopefully you got all of your bat gifts for your bat cave. Here the last few weeks, I've been trying to find some really good topics to speak on. And you know, I don't want to just recycle news and just kind of, uh, you know, blurt things out. I, I would like, you know, to be uh, informed and uh, actually have some substance to it. So as I was looking for a topic to talk about today, I did come across an article uh, that was written in 2015 titled, Why 3D Printing is Overhyped, I Should Know, I Do It for a Living, written by Nick Allen. And I thought it would be nice to see how things have changed in the last year. So, in the article, uh, the author makes some broad and sweeping claims, but I feel that they may not hold up today. He uh, goes as far as to say that Everyone is now aware of 3D printing because they have read about it in the papers, on blogs, or have seen it on TV. And I feel that's not the case. I encounter people almost daily that have no idea what 3D printing is. Or if they do know what it is, they're very misinformed as far as how the technology is and how it works. While it would be nice to think that everybody knows what 3D printing is, that's just not the case. It is true that to this day that companies feel the 3D printing revolution will decentralize manufacturing by allowing people to either download products 
or make them by using a CAD program and 3D scanners and then just print them out in their home or by using a local shop or online service. Now, does this mean that 3D printing is severely overhyped? I don't believe it does. I feel that companies know that the technology exists, but hardware and software needs to grow and evolve before just anyone can print an item without a lot of tinkering. And this is just a glimpse at the industry's endgame and why it is something they describe as future, not near future or present. Well, a year ago, you'd look at items that are 3D printed and would think they're just about as functional as your mom's figurine collection, and that's changed. Automotive, aerospace, aircraft, and medical companies, and even the military are relying more on 3D printing by using it as a way of rapid prototyping, creating replacement parts, or assisting in procedures. It used to be that many of the items that you would see were high-gloss plastics with complex shapes which were produced on machines costing hundreds of thousands of dollars and then meticulously post-processed by highly trained professionals. This is changing, however, as the industry grows, causing price to decrease and availability to increase. While I have talked about this in the past, you should know the limitations of your 3D printer and the 3D printing technology you use because they are all not created equally. Some will be better than others for printing mechanisms, tables, or musical instruments. Yes, 3D printing will open so many things up in the world, but it doesn't mean that you'll be able to do it all yourself or that it will immediately decentralize manufacturing. There are still issues that 3D printing needs to overcome, like build quality, price, and usability. The following list kind of breaks down some of those specifics. We're going to start with people's expectations. While many of the items you see are created by high-end printers, which use lasers or resins, items like violins and wrenches that actually work can come straight out of a printer that are printable in a large format desktop model. These machines still cost over $1,200 though, but it is far cheaper than what they were a year ago. To make these items though, it is not as easy as just selecting the item and pressing a print button. Things have changed in the last 12 months and they still are evolving. The name 3D printing, I'm not sure if it has anything to do with the hype, but 3D printing does make the process sound friendly and easy. As somebody who's been 3D printing for a year now, it's definitely not that. You have moments where you can download an item and print it, and you don't have to play around with it. It prints fairly well right out of the gate. However, there are items where you will have to take a substantial amount of time to really play with your settings to get it just right. Another thing is strength, and it used to be the case that 3D printed parts were not as strong as traditionally manufactured parts. This is not the case anymore. There are rockets that use 3D printed engines, cars that use 3D printed turbos and superchargers. It used to mean 3D printed hardware had laminate weakness as the layers don't bond as well in the z-axis as they do in the x and y planes, but that has changed. Resolutions are getting better, bonding is getting better, so as these progress, these items get stronger and become more reliable or just as reliable than their traditionally manufactured counterparts. 
In addition to strength, there's also the surface finish. The technology with the hardware has changed substantially in the last 12 months, and there's also been a lot of change in the material that we use to print with. While the plastic items are still not shiny and smooth, you don't always have to have a dull matte finish with rough layer lines all over it. The increase in print resolution over the last year has really helped reduce visible lines. Though, to get a perfect piece, you'll still want to look into some form of post-processing on your parts. The one drawback is, this can reduce the item's detail and tolerance on parts that fit together. The cost of producing items is based on the material that's used. So, you figure big things are expensive and little things are cheap, but you should look more into it than just that. For example, you need to take a look at the time that it is required to print the item. Printing one large item or six small ones in the same time frame means that the smaller items have a better return on the time spent producing them. You also need to look at the complexity, as complex models take considerably more time to produce, even though it may use the same or less material than an item of similar size. And it should also be noted that the cost of materials has fallen in the last 12 months. A one kilogram spool of filament used to cost around $50, now costs around $25. And plastic filament is not the only material that has reduced in price. The cost of resin has also fallen. The speed which consumer printers print at has not really changed much in the last 12 months. Items still regularly take hours to print, with some very large, complex items taking days. There are ways to speed things up, but you sacrifice things like surface finish quality. There is a good notion of, but it'll get faster with the future, which is not necessarily true. There are chemical properties of the materials which limit us, since these materials can only be extruded so fast before you start to destroy the properties of the part. The next item is usability. And this is getting easier. To print a 3D model, you need a CAD model. And you can find those in one of many online repositories. While you may not always find what you're after, the availability has increased. It used to be that you needed to learn CAD, and that used to be difficult. New advances in software take some of the difficulty out of it, but it's still not that easy. You can also use 3D scanning, and there's been a lot of advancements in the last 12 months when it comes to 3D scanning, which means it's easier to get the items you want to recreate into your CAD software without having to recreate them as an entire item. Now, as I explained last week, there are several types of 3D printers, all of which have advantages and disadvantages. FDM, which is the main consumer form of 3D printers, extrudes in plastics, and it does so in a relatively safe manner. This is definitely not true for many of the other types of printers. Resins, though you get a higher detail, are really messy and expensive. Powder-based printers are messy, and sometimes they do explode. FDM is really the only suitable technology for home or the average consumer. And finally, there's the materials. Now, generally speaking, the most common material you're going to print with is plastic. However, there have been a whole bunch of other materials released in the last 12 months, especially for FDM printers. You can now print things like flexibles, wood, algae, hemp, and even metals right out of your FDM printer. 
While not all FDM printers can use these materials, many new printers can. And a lot of old printers can be modified to print in these materials. Does owning a 3D printer mean that you'll print all of your future household items? I doubt it, but maybe one day you will. I myself have repaired broken hardware, though the parts had to be redesigned in CAD, which did take hours to do, and then there was a time for printing the piece. I did successfully repair those items, which has saved me a considerable amount of money, but the time that I invested in designing the pieces, printing the pieces out, I might have been able to go buy that replacement item and have that up and functioning and save those hours of time and use them more creatively. But as a learning experience, it was definitely something that I enjoyed to do, and it allowed me to learn what it takes to actually make these replacement parts. And I have to admit, I'm even more obsessed with 3D printing right now than I was a year ago. And I do see that it has a bright future. Is the whole revolution going to come undone tomorrow and you're going to see desktop printers in every drugstore, on every shelf, in every home? No. The future for consumer 3D printing continues to grow and change, and for the better, which allows people to create, invent, and share their ideas on an almost real-time basis. And as 3D printing continues to grow in areas like prototyping, medical, and aerospace, it does not mean that it is not useful as an everyday household tool. Look at the television, the phone, or even the internet. It took time for the technology to grow up before it was widely adopted, and I feel 3D printing will be the same way. So, while I do agree with the original article's author that we are still in the honeymoon period with 3D printing, I see the public becoming more aware of it, and they are still in awe of it and what it can do. The difference is that over the last 12 months, the advancement of the technology and parts you are able to produce have come a long way in terms of quality, especially when you consider that there are definite cost advantages to using 3D printing now. And it just starts there. There are many other things that you can do. You can be as creative as you want, or you can just print trinkets. If that's all you want to do, then that's great. If you want to create the next medical breakthrough using your 3D printer, that is a possibility. There are many colleges and high schools and even summer camps out there that are integrating and including 3D printing into their curriculum. So as the youth adopt this technology more and they start getting their hands on it, it's just going to get better. I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts are with regards to this. Go ahead and jump on out to our website, idprintthat.com. Click that Contact Us link at the bottom of the page and send me an email. Let me know what your thoughts are. Speaking of different types of materials to print, that brings me into a nice news article about uh, Three Dynamic Systems, which is based in the UK. They're a company that specializes in 3D bioprinting and bioprinters, but they have just unveiled its latest consumer product, a high-strength carbon fiber 3D printing filament, which can be used on any standard desktop FDM 3D printer. The new filament is supposed to offer makers a much higher strength 3D printing material compared to standard ABS or PLA filaments. 
The composite filament, as the company explains, is made up of a polymer blend which itself contains a number of thin diameter carbon fibers of varying short lengths. These short fibers, which are tiny enough to be extruded through an FDM 3D printer nozzle, add an increased level of rigidity and strength to the polymer blend, which effectively reinforces the 3D printed parts, especially once they've cooled down to room temperature after printing. Dr. Daniel J. Thomas, who designed the hybrid polymer, explains that we carefully mixed carbon fibers with a special polymer blend. This batch is cured, then pelletized. Following this, the pellets are extruded into a 1.75 millimeter filament, cooled in water, dried, accumulated, and finally wound up and sectioned. According to Dr. Thomas, the filament can print at standard temperatures of 210 to 220 degrees Celsius and does not require a heated print bed. He also explains that the adhesion properties of the filament are exceptional, saying, Even under mechanical testing, the polymer will fracture rather than delaminate. One thing to watch out for if you're using the carbon fiber 3D print filament is to have a quality print nozzle to withstand the more abrasive quality of the filament. A less durable nozzle could wear out with extended use of the filament. The UK-based 3D printing company is not stopping with the release of the carbon fiber filament as they also plan to unveil a concrete filament in early 2017. With it, makers will be able to 3D print a part or structure from the filament place said part into hot water, and then cure it in an oven to have it turned to rock-hard concrete. I'm curious to see how both of these will work. Definitely like the idea of a carbon fiber filament, and like to see really how those strength properties translate into real-world use. In additional news, uh, we're going to talk a little about two companies, uh, 3D Systems, and carbon. Here recently, 3D Systems' new strategy is its new technology, Figure 4, which the company claims to be up to 50 times faster than conventional stereolithograph 3D printing systems. Figure 4 is a robotic modular SLA 3D printing system designed for the production of plastic parts. Figure 4 sports four key features that 3D Systems believes will enable it to succeed as a manufacturing technology that's a viable and intelligent alternative to injection molding. That is fast speed, the availability to be incorporated into an automated production process, inline parts inspection capabilities, and vastly increased materials capabilities. 3D Systems claims that the figure 4 is up to 50 times faster than conventional SLA. And this makes the figure 4 very speedy, but it is only about as half as fast as Clip, which is a product of carbon. And while figure 4 doesn't appear to have the speed advantage of carbon's Clip, it does support another feature, the availability to be incorporated into an automatic production process and inline parts inspection capabilities. This appears to be unique among the superfast 3D printing techs at this point. Carbon just announced that it raised an additional $81 million in an extended Series C funding round, which included new strategic investors and partners, GE Ventures which is General Electric's venture capital arm, 
and BMW. This brings Carbon's total raise to $222 million. Carbon's first commercial 3D printer, the M1, is available for a $40,000 annual subscription. It uses software that controls a photochemical process that balances the way ultraviolet light and oxygen react within a pool of polymer resin to print plastic objects. Carbon has developed various resins to diversify what can be printed. It uses heat-resistant hard resin for exterior automotive parts and soft elastic biodegradable resins for medical devices like heart stints. The company says it can print up to 100 times faster than rival 3D printing companies. It would also be a selling point to the manufacturing industry, which now uses 3D printing primarily as a prototyping tool. And if you haven't watched the carbon printer work, it is very awesome. It is definitely very fast and very impressive. You can go out and do a YouTube search for it. And you can also go out to tested.com and you can see Norm went out and met with the uh, guys at Carbon and was provided with a sample print and it was able to watch it print in real time. The last thing I want to talk about is comic book movies. Now, before Iron Man and the Avengers and the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, we only had a few really decent comic book movies. I mean, you had the Batmans, you had the Supermans, and a handful of kind of off-brand movies. And in the 90s, there was a movie based on the comic book character Spawn, starring Michael J. White and John Leguizamo. The Spawn movie really, I felt, did not hold true to the actual comic itself. And... That was a feeling with a lot of fans. Even Todd McFarlane, the creator of Spawn, really wasn't a big fan of it. It's been rumored that Spawn is going to get another run as a movie. And not a, a sequel, more of a reboot. And this is exciting because I own many of the Spawn comics, especially some of the first 100 that they did. And... It was a very interesting storyline, and unfortunately not one that I've been able to keep up with over the years, but I do still catch it from time to time and enjoy it. The new reboot on this, especially when Todd McFarlane claims that it's going to be uh, rated R and more gritty and dirty, makes me think that this is going to be done the way it needs to be done and should have been done to begin with. I don't necessarily think that every comic book out there should have a movie, but those that do, it should be done right. It shouldn't be uh, slapped together and reimagined as something it was never intended to be. My biggest complaint with the Spawn movie was how they changed Al Simmons's background and his character and just the whole uh, relationship between Violator and Spawn. They, there's a lot of things that was true to the comics, but there was a fair amount that wasn't, and I think that comic book movies within Hollywood was definitely at its infancy, and now that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has kind of shown that 
fans want comic book movies based on the actual comic book, that they're willing to stop and actually pay attention to those details. I'm excited for it. I would really like to see what what they what they do with it. There's definitely a lot more story there now, especially with some of the the miniseries and Spawn has had decades to to get an entire story under him. So I really want to want to see how that translates. I know the HBO series Spawn miniseries was more true to the comic book mostly because it was an animated series and I think the creators had a little bit more control over what was being done within that show. Concept art looks good, but it's just finding out when it's going to be released. So that's going to be kind of the the factor. Is Spawn going to be relevant at that time? Is there going to be enough uh, hype around it to really give it the attention it deserves? Only time will tell. Besides that, there's a whole bunch of other news that I wasn't able to get into the podcast today. I'm going to put that on my blog at idprintthat.com under the blogs. And you can click on those news articles, check those out. There's some really cool things out there. Besides that, I do appreciate everybody that listens, everybody that gives feedback, sends me mail. I think it's awesome. If you haven't done so yet, please go out to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud. Give us a like, give us a follow. Don't be afraid to send us a message. Let us know what you think. We don't bite. If you have questions, please ask. For those of you who want to do a little bit more than just follow, you can go out to Patreon and pledge us some money. We have $1 and $5 pledges. The $5 pledges get you that low-poly Bulbasaur, which is the print of the month. And we'll send you a print of the month for every month that you pledge us $5. And if you don't want to go out to Patreon, if you want to uh, support us in other ways, you can go to our website and click on the supplies link at the top of the page and order some of those 3D printing items right from our site using our Amazon Affiliates account. That provides us a little bit of kickback. You still get the same product and service that you'd expect from Amazon. There's really no downside. Support your habit by supporting us. I still think I need to shout out to him. Victor Berggren in Sweden. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the music. I'll probably wind up doing it a few more times, but I truly enjoy it. I think it's great. I've had some good feedback about it, and I do hope you like your items. Hopefully Customs clears those and gets those to you in good time. They did say it could take a couple of weeks, but my experience with Customs, it generally doesn't take all that long, but everyone's experience varies. Besides that, I'm Joe, and remember, if you can imagine it, you can print it.